0: Live from the Old Church Concert Hall in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. I recently, oh, that's loud. <laughs> I recently had an awakening of sorts, of a need being met that I wasn't conscious of. While it was, it was a need and an ache for unconditional love, a love that you're just worthy of by being rather than doing or achieving. I was abroad in Morocco for an art therapy retreat doing field research because I was studying postpartum depression um, with moms and studying the exp- how expression does in their healing process. And while I was away, I was submerging myself in the Moroccan culture and found my way to a hammam, which is a bathing a bathhouse where traditionally the wim- you can find the women more often than the men taking care and finding um, support in the cult, in the, in their social setting. It's where they can go and get away from their responsibilities of day-to-day happenings. And it was while I was here that this feeling was, like, washed over me. And the Hammam, well, while you're in Morocco, there, we stayed in Marrakesh, and it's, the Medina is in the Old Town, and I think of it as, like, a labyrinth where... You think you're going one way, and you're actually going the complete opposite direction, and you get turned around and you're like, oh, here I am, not where I thought I was. Uh, and like the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, I think of this in Morocco of don't judge a house by its door, where there can be pretty simple doors with extravagant, elaborate houses behind them, and the opposite, extravagant doors with shacks or shanties. And that people, you wouldn't, or like empty houses. And the hammam was like that. It was like this. We had to go down this dead end to this, and then take a right. And you had to, like, Google Maps didn't work because I didn't pay for the global package. So I was, like, (laughs) lost and, like, here I think of this where I'm supposed to be, but unsure. We found our way, greeted with a hot cup of mint tea, which is a very traditional thing in the Moroccan culture. And then we made our way to the our. I and my sister, we made our way to the sauna where we were enclosed in marble and covered in a blanket of steam and the fresh scent of eucalyptus washed over us. And it was in that moment when the bathing attendant was washing my hair and she pulled my hair behind my, e- my ear and there was this moment of like, whoa, I've never felt that before in a familiar yet so foreign way. It was like a motherly's touch that was like, wow. And in that, I didn't think While it was stopped me in my tracks, I didn't really think much of it until when I got back to the States from this trip and people were asking about my trip and how it went, I just kept ranting and raving about this hammam experience rather than the art therapy. And I was like, huh, what did I actually go to Morocco for? And in that, I got back to the States and I quickly became a sauna aficionado. I searched far and near for all the Portland sauna scene. And I found my way to this one where I could find solace and find refuge. And it was like a sacred act of self-care, where I could go and tune out the world and tune into myself. And in that, I work as a doula. So taking care of others is something that comes second nature to me, almost inherently, and being one of ten kids, number nine of ten kids, so while you're like, oh, she's the spoiled one because she got all this love. And while there was an abundance of love and people in my family, There was this, an almost, there was always someone there, but when I went, and also, this is like lots of therapy later, so this didn't just happen overnight. (laughs) Um, A few anxious attachment theory, we're digging deep. This didn't happen overnight. And so while there was always someone there, it was a lot of inconsistency. And so as an infant, I was also, Born to a family that was still grieving, my sister Marion was four, and she died out of an ac- in an accident. And a year and a half later, I was born. And while the f- there was this large amount of people, everybody was still going through this process of like, what is life after death, and how do we believe, like, in love again and this being. And so, in that. I found myself becoming a doula and being an expert at taking care of others. And it's kind of like a hairdresser, like a hairdresser never cuts their own hair, they go to someone else, but they're really good at cutting hair. And so as a doula, I'm really good at taking care of other people, but I find that I lack in taking care of myself. And so here at the sauna, I'm in the thick of it, I'm learning how to do it, and I'm finally coming into this stride of like, this is what it feels like to be cared for in a way rather than Another side note, self-care. It's a hot trend right now. Everybody's like, how do you take care of yourself? Wellness through the roof. I drank the Kool-Aid, I was doing it full of adaptogens, full of rich in antioxidants. And so here, yeah, thanks. And so (laughs) here I was finding my stride and feeling good of like, I finally mastered this. And in that moment, it felt like to me, I got broken up with, and then a week later my grandpa died. And so in that, I was like, well, at least I have the sauna. <laughs> and so here I am in the sauna doing what I do best, what I think at least, or trying to, and as if it were a scene from a movie, uh, I also, there was a man in the sauna, and he we were in the silent sauna, and he broke the rules, and he asked if, I could, if he could put rocks or water on the rocks to like, make the room hotter again. And I was like, sure, sure, and went back to my state of Zen. We quickly, conversation ensued, and we started talking about bathing culture. He was a traveler. We talked about what it was like to cross cultures, and he also had a love for food, and just had a, better, an, a broad concept, and we just hit the ground running. We ran out of time at the sauna because we're on the shot clock, and so I hustled out, and he left at the same time, and in that, he was like, see you next week, and I was like, yeah, 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 I don't, whatever, and then sure enough, the next week, he was there, and we chatted the whole time, sauna sessions led into dates, and we went on a few dates together. And then here I am, like, wait, the sauna was for my, in the internal conflict, I was like, wait, the sauna was this place of like solace and solitude, but here I'm really good at taking taking care of other people, so I guess I'll just do that and fall back, right back into what was familiar. Doing that, we exchanged numbers finally, because there was like this sweetness about like not having each other's numbers. But then we finally did that, had another few dates, and then a few texts later that did not get responded to, Thought about sending him a text tonight, but shots were not <laughs> high. I thought he would actually be here, so he's not here. <laughs> a few texts later that went unresponded, that ship sailed into the sunset. And here I was again, like, wait, I was doing this whole thing right. And I'm alone again, and I have to, like, show up for myself and the way I show up for others. Here we are. Finding this place, went to the sauna this morning, prepping for this, here now, so we're good, self-care, is still an act that I'm learning to do. And in that, I think I finally have come to the terms that I am worthy of unconditional love, but I can't expect someone else to give me that unless I can give that to myself. So I'd say I'm preemptively waiting for Siri to say I've arrived, but understanding that it's a constant state of arrival.